0: This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 2nd of November 2022 and now that I've mentioned the date I realise all the calendars in the house need changing. Luckily there's only three. (laughs) So in today's episode I get into a bit of an issue around male stereotyping and how men are characterized and portrayed and perceived. Now this does hark back to previous um previous episodes of the clear out and um particularly reference to Iron John um Robert Bly's sort of men's wellness book from uh 30 years ago which I don't refer to in this episode but it's it's in that territory of the popular stereotype of a man as something that is in a domestic setting uh, and here's a spoiler now if you don't want to know the word the wordle answer for the 2nd of November because it might still be the 2nd of November somewhere when you're listening to this <laughs> I'm going I'm to say that word now the word is inept 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 so there's a characterization of men as being inept in a domestic situation. And I have an issue with that. And I, so I kind of talk about that quite a bit. Um, and I look at uh, stereotypes of women as well, but it's mostly my thoughts around um, kind of positive representations of masculinity and a celebration of the men that I know and, um, many of my my friends uh, get shout outs in this episode Um, so yeah because I think um, we need to hear more of that and it needs to be a challenge to some lazy uh, assumptions around failed masculinity and toxic masculinity and in a way this episode is a sort of a a rebuttal to all of that while not denying um, the existence of behaviors that are far from ideal and attitudes that are far from ideal from certain men uh, i also share some stuff about um a few days of poor mental health i just went through and coming out at the other side of that and overcoming the challenges that i was presented with which i think is very relevant seeing as this is a wellness podcast so um so yeah so that's what's coming up I think it's pretty I think it's a pretty good episode I wasn't sure where it was going to go when I started but um, I was quite happy with where it ended up it felt pretty coherent and it's a bit of a big cheer for men so yay 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 for men um, it's what's going on uh, in a roundabout way and in a direct way so that's what's coming get into it I will see you around the corner cheers oh
1: Change my mind. The dream behind. My
0: mind. Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. Very welcome. Maybe I should rename the podcast The Soak Through or The Blow Away because the weather is so ferocious at the moment. Rain is cascading down, cascading like a waterfall on top of my head and there's a fierce wind blowing out there as well although it looks like it's backed off for a second which means there might be some interruptions to the recording of this episode i I just had a three second power outage um everything went off and everything came back on um lines may go down and i will be dependent on the battery life of my laptop to keep me going um so we'll see we'll see it might be a a technologically truncated episode so be it and a very welcome change some of you might say now today is going to be a a free roamer a bit of a ramble i have a few little nuggets rattling around my noggin and as ever uh, i might find a through line i might find a way to thread the needle and present some connectivity but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna guarantee that i'm not gonna guarantee that so if you are a new listener you are so very welcome so very welcome and If you want to know what this podcast is about, fundamentally, it's about explorations of wellness, explorations of coping with the struggle of life. But it's not a downer, generally. It's an upper. Okay, it's a nice it's a nice little buzz you get. (laughs) So it's like a it's like a mid-level illicit substance. uh nothing to get too freaked out by it's not going to send you down it's going to give you a little little lift might keep you buzzing for a little while it's all pretty safe and no one's going to be too cross with you for taking it okay so yeah explorations of wellness and one of the one of the driving one of the driving sort of impulses behind the podcast is to offer a bit of a counter-narrative to the hyper-positivity and hyper-performative presentation of positivity in a lot of contemporary wellness content. Um, Look, there's a lot of people out there trying to do their bit, trying to advocate, um, and a lot of people just, in my opinion, fall into the trap of Really over-the-top curation of a contrived positivity and a contrived resilience, which I don't think is helpful, frankly. I think, I believe it's much more helpful to present your vulnerability and to be open about your struggles um, and to put them into a, a balanced place. They don't have to define you. Um, but I think owning them, looking at them, and being open about them is in my opinion uh a healthier a healthier paradigm, a healthier equation. Um and so really that that drives a lot of a lot of the sort of the dynamic of this of this um this podcast, this creation, this this tell. Because as I say until I go on camera it's not a show it's a tell and I'm telling and you're listening Um, so in any case my wife and daughter left me a week ago to go on holiday to Australia (laughs) boom boom bit of bit of great just my comedy stylings there my wife and daughter haven't left me in that permanent sense to leave me a wreck of a man broken hearted abandoned wondering about all the things I did wrong to lose these special people in my life um, they've just gone away they've gone away to the land down under to see my wife's family to celebrate my mother-in-law's 80th birthday which unless my calculations are wrong is a a week from today well at the time of recording um so i'm on my ownio if you ignore the guinea pigs the chickens and the cats and the voices in my head <laughs> halloween post-halloween chuckle um but it's funny Um, all joking aside and in the spirit of openness and vulnerability i did have a bit of a moment um, last week Um, i mean i've talked around this i've talked kind of beside it Um, i've kind of danced a bit but there's no two ways to put it and if i'm putting my money where my mouth is there have been tough times, tough times in my marriage and that places a strain, places a strain on, on my wife, on myself, on the family unit, on life and it's been an ongoing thing for quite some time Um, and we, both my wife and I, struggle with the difficulties of, of, of what we have to sort of negotiate in different ways and That's sort of part of our difficulty is the way we differently cope or fail to cope. And I just found myself wigging out a bit last week because I just had all, suddenly the house was quiet and I had all this time to think. And I'm definitely predisposed to thinking, analysing, reflecting. Yes, maybe guilty of overthinking. And I kind of got myself into a bit of a state because aligned with my other lifelong habit of um, succumbing to episodes of depression um there was a sort of just a nasty combination um and I just felt i suppose quite despairing and um i mean desolate i don't know desolate's not that desolate's not the right word but I was experiencing a high level of anxiety and a high level of um, kind of emotional vulnerability. I think is, is how I would describe it. All, you know, all of my own creation, all of my own concocting, um, <laughs> because I'd been left alone too long. Don't leave that fella alone. Oh no, you've got to keep an eye on him. Don't, don't, don't leave him alone. Oh, for God's sake, you didn't leave him alone, did you? ah no 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 oh no that lad needs minding um so i was the way i view it because I've, I've kind of come out of it i've come out the other side of it and it was quite confronting and you know nothing i really haven't you know experienced before and i kind of look at it and go well i get to the other side of it and i go well, that's okay i mean i was obviously processing something and you know deep within myself or in my kind of unconscious or my subconscious i really wanted to to dwell and obsess a little bit and immerse myself in my own kind of sense of whatever anguish or concern or my sense of unfairness or injustice or a little bit of a a self-pity party um And that's grand. And I came out of it and sort of gained some relief and gained some fresh insights. I did have the benefit of um, having a friend to visit um, who I was able to speak to pretty frankly. Uh, He was uh, a good help to me. So um, I think he's I think I'm pretty sure he's another non-listener of the podcast so, um, as always, I'm very happy to give a shout out to the non listeners. Um, so, thanks, big lad. Thanks, big man. Thanks, Ian. I named him. <gasps> thanks, Ian. Ian O'Malley from Greg in Carlotown. Greg. <laughs> Greg in Carlotown is. Uh, basically like a like an area of Carlow Town Carlo Town is the, the county town of County Carlow a few counties away from Wicklow and Greg is quite unique it's like it's it's right you know it, it's it's very much a part of Carlow Town but geographically it happens to be in County Leash the uh, the bordering county so um, that's a strange one isn't it anyway he is truly a Carlo man Anyway, I, I used, I used, I, I leaned on the friendship. Uh, I'm a great believer in doing that and um, it was helpful. It's good. It's good to get a, it's good to get someone to, to bounce off and um, yeah, I mean, I, I was already sort of coming out of that because uh, I had a, I had engaged, I also had engaged my wife in conversation, well, via text message and whatnot and yeah you know we've started a kind of a an important and healthy conversation i feel um it's tricky it's tricky and i mean i think if if you're someone who's listening who's been in a long term relationship and by long term i mean long term you know we're talking 15 20 25 years whatever um there is a sort of a i think there's an understanding and an insight born of experience from people who've really gone the distance. That goes, yeah, you know, there's nothing you're going through that's that's new, um, and that's fine, and that can that can be comforting sometimes, um, but there's, there can also be a way of dismissing the the familiar experience of others, or the the experience that you think you know or recognise in others. Um. Because ultimately, and I'm sure you won't hesitate to agree with me on this, you can never know what's going on between any two other people. You can never, ever really know. Um, just as it's it's hard enough to know ourselves, <laughs> you put another person in the mix, an intimate, and the the vastness of each person's, many many worlds of interior experience Um, and they come in together in this sort of conflagration this strange dynamic melding clashing loving living um, fighting thing that is 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 rarely in perfect harmony apart from certain um blessed moments i guess um in any case i dance around it because i just feel it's it's just too much to um to uh, to to kind of presume i can just share openly in this format um stuff that really is deeply personal to my wife that's that's really I think that would be a, a line crossed and a, a line too far I'm happy to share my own crap <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm so fascinated <laughs> so I fa- find myself so fascinating um, and I you know and even even that I control to an extent but there is a there is a A willingness on my part to go to vulnerable places but when i'm talking about myself and that's my decision and that doesn't really affect anybody else and it's not a transgression or a betrayal of trust um so in a way that's why i do skirt around and dance around it but um in any case like so i had these kind of few days last week you know through the weekend and just feeling pretty raw and um, kind of, I suppose, without interruptions. So there was nothing to buffer me or distract me or deflect me from the total, complete, committed wallow um, in the mess of it all. And the... The positive thing that I was aware of even at the time was years ago, years ago, particularly in my early 20s, probably early, my early through to mid 20s, I simply would have gone under. I just would have gone under into a deep, deep depression and being in an absolute state of contempt with myself. Um and a state of rage and disgust with myself. And I would have been heaping judgment and vilification on myself for failing to be up and failing to be well and failing to be happy and failing to be coping. And I've come so far from that that I can still get into a pretty bad state. But I can still drag my ass out the door and put healthy habits in place and you know that's what i did on um i think sunday was probably the the lowest point the nadir if you will we won't okay the lowest point um but i still did my sort of morning routine in the garden went through my sort of qigong tai chi stretching breathing exercises gave myself um no actually I was about to say I gave myself a good breakfast but I didn't because my my intention was to go down to the sea to swim and I just got away probably a little bit later than I'd hoped but I went down to the sea and it was just far too disgusting to swim in. Um, I've turned away from the sea I think three times in the last week because the conditions have been so unfavorable and I drove down to the sea and from distance as I was approaching I thought oh the sea actually doesn't look too bad today good good I was quite optimistic about being able to get in the water which I just find so I continue to find so therapeutic and it's such a great circuit breaker Um, you know to get in the water and by that I mean the the circuit breaker like the circuit of being on a loop of thinking particularly negative thinking or stressed thinking or anxious thinking and the the break, the, the sort of sensory demand and the sensory assault of getting into open water, into cold water, cold-ish. It's probably gone, just gone below 14 degrees, I'd say, in the last couple of weeks, maybe a bit lower. Um, and the, the, the challenge of the, the, the conditions, particularly this time of year, October, November, um, the sea is often very, very rough and uh, what some would consider unswimmable. But I've you know I, I, I have as many times as I haven't I have got in and taken on the challenge and felt confident in my ability to to swim ca- carefully and safely in difficult conditions and uh, to swim with a, a measure of control and awareness. I've only been caught out a couple of times in quite a few years of swimming now. Um, but it was interesting I went down the other day not in great headspace but going no i'm going to swim and that'll help and then i'll pick up a few things at the shop and i'll go back and i wanted to do a bit of writing for the uh for the wellness app for aura can you feel my aura for aura and i was so sort of deflated when i got to the sea and pulled into the little car park right at the beach and i was just going oh no that sea is pretty bad." and I think objectively based on my previous experiences I probably would have gone on another day if I'd been feeling more resilient stronger more capable more defiant more self-assured in the moment I would have gone no I'll be grand I'm just going to swim through the rough stuff and get out the back of the waves and I'll be fine Um, and that has been the case before but I sat there in the car for half an hour just looking at the waves negotiating my my sort of precarious state and I ultimately decided no I just don't have it in me I just don't have it in me to get in there today and that's okay so again many years ago I would have driven away in a really bad headspace I would have driven away feeling really negative about myself for not being up to the challenge. But on Sunday, I was like, it's OK. I recognise that I don't have the resources today. I don't have the resources for this fight right now. This physical fight to get into that water and have that battle and the and overcoming my fear and anxiety because there's a psychological battle, particularly at this time of year, as the water gets colder, as the conditions get worse, right through the winter the psychological battle is often the bigger part of it, to go, it's okay, I'm going to be fine, I can do this. And on Sunday, I recognised and validated in myself that I just don't have it today. And luckily, um, there's a a local swimming pool that was going to be open shortly after that. So I was able to um, hit the shops, get me messages, and then I was able to have a quick swim in the pool and do some lengths. Um, And that was a win. And so in kind of difficult circumstances, it was a win. And even on the other side of the swim and going home, I knew I still wasn't in great form. And I went home, gave myself like a, a, a late, a large late breakfast and sort of chilled and, you know, looked at news headlines online and th- was thinking, yeah, my plan today was to get to the laptop and write, and do like a sleep story for the app, and I had to accept again, and it was just like looking at the sea, I had to accept again. Do you know what? I don't have it today. This was my plan, and I'm on my own without distractions, on a Sunday with a free day, I do not have the resources, and that's that's okay, so I had a nap. <laughs> Like a little baby, I sucked me Tom, and I put the blankie up under me chin and I lay down there on the couch.
1: And I had a lovely little sleep, like a little baby,
0: And it was lovely. And I got up and I went out into the garden and I swept the leaves in the garden. The garden was covered in a blanket of leaves. And I went out with the soft rake and I swept the leaves and I got rid of them. And the grass underneath the leaves was so green and vibrant and bouncy and luscious. I just felt great. I felt so good just doing that simple action. And it was just a real timely reminder of the benefits of giving the body something to do giving the body a simple exercise to do when the head and the heart can't quite cope or when the head and the heart are embattled. And I did that and I just felt, yeah, I felt, I felt pleased with myself. I felt I've actually made good decisions today to mind myself and stay healthy and not spiral into a like a into a really negative descent um so yeah so just it was um it was great and then um i topped it all off by making myself uh a very healthy nice dinner um sort of a yummy vegetarian curry and um yeah it was good and I just woke up feeling a lot better the next day and I had a message from my wife which gave me a lift as well. And um, things were good again. So um, so there you go. Oh, and am sorry. Um, <laughs> I also then decided to sort of freestyle a story for the wellness app based on my day. So I just wrote this, well, not wrote, because I mean I kind of composed it on the spot and recorded it on the spot, a sort of a, a sleep story called um, sweep leaves, clean the garden, <laughs> and I sort of anonymized myself and sort of strung the the episodes of the day into a a narrative of sort of Zen recovery and overcoming defeats and making better sort of wellness choices and self care choices so um yeah, so there you go. So, that's grand, and thanks thanks for bearing with me on my little sob story. Um, but here's another thing that came up. Um, oh, by the way, you might have noticed in the background, I have music playing. So I, have, I had this kind of yearning today, that, as I said at the start of the podcast, the weather is kind of manky today. Moldy. Um Rain and wind and there's been a little bit of a temperature drop, nothing crazy. But I sort of had this yearning for coziness, so I've come in to record this now. It's mid morning, and I've put the I've put the uh, the lights on in here, and I decided, you know what, it might be nice to have a bit of music, a little bit of comforting music. So that's um, that's Arvo Part in the background for Alina, um, and if if you're someone who's listened to the podcast from the very start if you if you go back to the first episode arvo part for Lena, that very recording i'm playing has a special place of interest in the uh, the lore of the podcast and in the the family dynamics in this household at hashtag blessed so if you're curious you can go back and listen to the first episode from um the end of may uh the end of may last year wasn't it 2021 yes so um i've got music playing and and here here's where my wife would probably check me into some sort of asylum or commence paperwork for an involuntary lobotomy for me not for her i've lit some incense i've lit lit some incense and that would just be hysterical and sort of very confronting for my wife because she she really likes incense and over the years i've been a bit like incense it's just a bit too much but i've just found recently very recently like in the last couple of months when my wife's been burning incense i've gone oh yeah that's really nice (laughs) um and so here i am yeah so these are like I've kind of got like a a symbolic um comfort blanket around myself with my music and my incense um and I'm all cozied up and I've got the heat on as well in here so I'm I'm kind of pampering myself and yeah it, it, it seems to fit with the theme so anyway Grant never mind all that another thing came up when I was sweeping the leaves And bearing in mind the sort of headspace I was in and had been in for a few days. I decided to listen to a podcast and I sought out, I sought out relationship podcasts. I just thought, I'll just go to a place I don't normally go to and listen to an expert, so to speak. um, Someone who is in the field of relationships um and therapy and psychology and counseling and i thought i'd like to listen to a female perspective and i thought i don't really want to listen to esther perel um esther perel is pretty ubiquitous at this stage across social media and across the podcast world and across public platforms and various you know talk platforms Esther Prell, if you don't know, is... She is French, I believe, but like a multi-linguist. Um, and she has a hugely successful uh, podcast, which friends of ours, friends of my wife and mine, put us on to... I can't think of the name for a podcast now off the top of my head. Oh, is it Where Do We Begin? Is that what it's called? And Esther Prell, you know, she puts out a lot of good stuff and a lot of interesting stuff. Um, but... It's not that I resist her, or maybe I do. I mean, I like an awful lot of what she has to say. But I I just wanted something that I wasn't at all familiar with. And so I came across a female psychologist who has a podcast, an American Jewish woman. And is her podcast called Relationships Made Easy, maybe? And she's Dr. something or other. And she's got a very pretty over-the-top American delivery. Uh, If you're an American listener, forgive me. Um, And a very kind of, you know, yeah, showbiz energy kind of, you know, showbiz mummy, you know, mummy kind of um, self-deprecation that doesn't really ring true but I thought I'm not going to I'm not going to get caught up in the delivery. Okay, this is this is this is a, this is a top top tip from me. Don't throw away something that might be valuable just because you can't handle the packaging. Yeah. There you go. That's my top tip today. It would have been very easy for me to go, oh man, the voice, the energy, the presentation. I'm not really going for this. And I thought, no, I'll stick with this. And she was great actually and she. I found her um, on that particular episode I just found what she was saying about relationships very resonant I found it very helpful I found it very oh there's a beautiful yellow ladybird beside me come here ladybird 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 fly away home your house is on fire your kids are alone is that how it goes? <laughs> um beautiful anyway um sorry i found her content like what she was saying I, I found it rock solid and you know she has her practice and she has clients and she has a lot of experience and it was great and then i listened to another one and she had a guest on who specialized in men's psychology and it was another female psychologist or someone in that territory And she had some really nice things to say about men's vulnerability and about being able to access that and giving men the platform to access their vulnerability and their openness. Um, And that was all good stuff. It was all good stuff. Except my only caveat was at certain times when they were talking about men in a more generic sense, they each seem to be reverting to an impression of men or a sketch of men as man child doofuses. Um that's my that's my coinage. I'm afraid I'm afraid it's terminal. He's a man child doofus and there's there's nothing we can do don't worry he's not going to die anytime soon but it's incurable um, man child doofus scene from Grey's Anatomy or ER or St. Elsewhere let's go back in time or Trapper John MD um, yeah so our movie of the week um, Hallmark movie of the week Manchild Doofus starring who what actor wouldn't be a good Manchild Doofus? I mean a, a comedy actor is a bit too obvious. Um it might be funnier if it was somebody like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> you know, a kinda of, you know, an English or in this case Welsh actor of great gravitas and stature. Um, being the main character in the Hallmark movie of the week, man-child doofus. Um, in any case, so these two women, these two professional women who are working in the field of psychology, counselling, therapy, uh, advocacy, um, doing really good stuff evidently and saying so many really good things. Um, they, I just felt disappointed um, that they reverted to a, a sort of a, a lazy stereotype of, of men, and it didn't it didn't discount all the good things they were saying, and it didn't make me value those things any less. But I just found myself going, "Oh, um, right, hold on," because I just thought. Like that, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help to sort of, whether intentionally or not, it doesn't help to, to validate that idea. The idea that men are sort of helpless gobshites. That's the <laughs> that's the Irish version. That's the Irish version of the man-child doofus movie of the week. This Sunday on RTE 2 helpless gobshite starring brendan gleason um frank couldn't understand why he didn't get the respect of the, the women in his life and then one day his friend pat sat him down and said frank i have to break it to you but there's there's there's, there's no other way to say this i'm afraid you're a helpless gobshite um okay so there's two okay so any any movie producers out there you have my blessing you can take those take those i just want uh i just want five points of um of the 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 net profits however long it takes um you know i'm a great believer in the long-term plan okay so money in the bank as far as i'm concerned um so in any case I just found myself sort of balking at that idea and th- thinking, well, yeah, okay, sure, sure. There are, there. of course there are people out there. Of course there are men out there who maybe don't stand up in relationships and don't share the workload in the home and are emotionally inarticulate um, or, or are emotionally clumsy. Um, but again this is a stereotype that i would struggle with and maybe through my life i've been critical of the sort of the sort of the female position of patronizing men and a kind of a, a default female assumption that men are incompetent now that is in no uncertain terms, sexism. And I think it's, you know, it's the equivalent, it's the counter to male sexism directed at women. The, and I'm not talking about um, power abuses, I'm not talking about sexual objectification of women, I'm just talking about men, a sexist frame where men go, ah, you know, women, they're so emotional, um, they're so unpredictable and um, sure women you know you never know what they're going to do next um and you know they're they're never satisfied and the one that i hate the most actually the cliche that i'm hit with the most by a certain type of man um is happy wife happy life and you know i wouldn't have the time or the
1: you know, you, you know, it, it, like that's a fight you can't win. You can't win. I'm like, well, actually, my friend, I, I disagree with it. I think the most important thing to look after is your own happiness first. Um, you know, take care of your side of the bed. I think is is really the priority here. And you know, my, you know, anybody's wife, she's responsible for her own happiness. That's not your job. Um, and you know, it's it's just a cliche of, um, you know. You know, of you, I just have to keep. I just have to keep the missus happy, and sure then, then I can get away with what I really want to. You know, um,
0: and I just find it. I just find that phrase "happy wife, happy life." It plays into an idea of male happiness not being of equal importance and it plays into an idea of a male partner being relegated in terms of the need for emotional nourishing or emotional care um and i kind of despise that idea um and i, I couldn't i couldn't i couldn't wish to invalidate it anymore um so, I think, since, really, since I was a sort of a, a young adult, I um, think I've encountered that throughout the years, from from women, not you know you know casually or talking about other men or just making an assumption or the generalization that sure you know, you wouldn't expect any more from men anyway. This kind of, yeah, as I say, a sort of a, an emotional. Uh, relegation and it contributes to the infantilization of men and men they know this they know this and many men will then willfully infantilize themselves and willfully lean into boys clubs and a sort of a um a willful idiocy as part of their way of having fun or letting off steam um, and bonding with other men who are also playing this kind of self-harming game. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I have a sense of humor, and I can very much go to that place if I want, when I feel I'm with friends that do know me better. Because for me, there's no humor in it, unless you know there's a lot more going on behind the curtains. Um, it's only funny if you know, oh yeah, but like, I know there's a lot of other good stuff there there's a fully rounded complex emotional human with agency behind the messing um i suppose the fear is when there haven't been enough good role models when there's been a, a poverty of education in this area is that perhaps some men or maybe many men i don't know they take the silly stuff as reality and it retards their development it slows down their growth um and it makes their understanding of masculinity and um male peer approval it makes it very sort of flawed and limited um and you know that this is i'm I'm not saying that with any data to back it up that's just my sort of anecdotal observation through life um because i'm i'm interested in such things and i found myself at odds with that dynamic and it's probably a, a dynamic i don't crave or, or seek out very much and i suppose maybe arguably arguably i could say well the feminine in me is quite high because what I probably value more than anything is the one-on-one like spending time with one friend and being able to have total access and total intimacy Um I find that much more nourishing uh, to my emotional life to my sense of self and it's kind of where I live and I have a lot of very very good male friends Um, the the, you know the the strength of which friendships are built upon that dynamic Um, which is not to say I haven't been in groups of friends as well but you know that's my jam as they say Um, (laughs) as they say on MTV (laughs) as they say uh, you know in, in the younger generations well that's my jam just me and my man hanging out um yeah so it's like it's i just find that interesting because i think that way of thinking this sort of lazy infantilization of men by women which is a way of othering men as well of course that feeds into also the belief that toxic masculinity is rampant and everywhere because it believes men aren't capable of not thinking in that way. And it supports the idea that men are driven by sexual objectification, that they're driven by their othering of women, um, that they're driven by misogyny um, and fear of women, and that fear manifests itself in hatred. ...of women because they're threatened by what women represent... ...which is like thoughtfulness and consideration... ...which is also a cliché about women. And you know, there's a kind of a... ...like see that idea also supports a sort of a, a veneration of women... ...and and, and, and an imbalanced uh, veneration of women. And this is coming from, from, from someone who does venerate women... ...to a certain extent and has always been interested in women and liked women, not just as sex objects, although that's in the mix, um, but has just always liked female energy and been attracted to aspects of womanhood, of the female form, female expression, female personality, the female experience. And my position has always been, well, why wouldn't I be interested in them? You know, that's the, they're the people I desire, they're also the people who I share this world with um, and they're among my favourite friends and family members. And I'm also married to one and the father of one. Um, so surely, you know, we're all better off if we understand each other better and like each other better. And I don't know. I mean, look, this is meant to be a... <laughs> <laughs> a party political broadcast on behalf of why can't we all just get along? Hi, my name is Derek Clear and I'm the president of the why can't we all just get along party? And I just want to say women are great. um, But I also think men are great and I also think gays are great and lesbians and transgender people and, and black people and Asian people and people with disabilities uh jewish people islamic people um people basically people with vulvas and people with penises and people who are trying to decide if that's what they want at all um i just think you're all great and i think the human experience is very challenging for all of us in different ways and everyone's doing their best and um why can't we all just get along so if you want to join my party uh, you know, you can. Everybody's welcome. I mean, that's kind of the point. Yes, even you, you bigot. Um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God, it's lashing rain. It is such a poxy, poxy, poxy day. You know, when I was in acting school, <laughs> when I was in acting school, the artistic director who who has since passed away, which was kind of a monster um, and very had some very warped notions about what made good acting and what what you could do to train good acting. One of her great lines was, repetition is a gift. And kind of, don't squander the gift. So make sure you change pitch and volume every time you repeat a word. I didn't do that there. I just said it the exact same way. What a poxy, poxy, poxy day. little bit of emphasis on the last one um she (laughs) she would have you say what a poxy 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 day (laughs) now wasn't that much more compelling that is good acting as taught by the late the great should i name her would that be in bad taste after i called her something of a monster I feel it would be. I feel it would be in bad form. Don't speak ill of the dead. Um, anyway, she was an interesting monstrous figure, who, in many ways, we were all a little bit scared of. Um, yeah, she was a bit of a despot. That can happen in acting schools. Cults. They're like cults. Any organisation that is small and has a charismatic leader at the head, they all become cults. Really um you just got to keep your wits about you that can happen in karate as well i mean i've trained with some odd people and odd instructors um you got to keep your wits about you and focus on what's really important this goes back to my top tip don't throw away the good stuff just because you don't like the packaging keep your eyes on the prize for me karate has been the prize always doing the stuff doing the karate, karate, doing the moves, engaging the mind, the body, the spirit, putting yourself through the paces, through the rituals, the routines, the forms. Karate has never stopped rewarding me. And I've been taught by people whose approaches I haven't always valued. But I've still recognized the good things that they've been able to do for me um so yeah that's um that's really what i'm talking about you know in that area and so again going back to that podcast and the those women and what they were saying so much good stuff there and i will listen to them again i'll seek out the other woman the guest as well her name was her name was Shayna Shayna Jones maybe I I will probably go and find those and put links in the in the description to this episode if you're if you're interested. Um, Yeah. So. I just found myself. On the back of that, you know, having that reflection about the stereotypes around men, the infantilization of men, how it feeds into the toxic masculinity narrative and how it's all. It's all out there. It's all out there in this c- contemporary, you know, world we're living in. This world we're living in now. It's all out in this brutally clumsy, unsophisticated discourse that happens so much at the moment. Um, and it did, it did make me feel, I mean, I remember, you know, encountering this thinking, you know, a couple of years ago and thinking, do you know what? I'd love to, I'd love to write a book. I'd love to write a book and on the cover of the book, I'd have a picture of a box of Crayola crayons. And on the front of the box of crayons, I just have the words non-toxic. And it would be a book celebrating positive masculinity. Um, And I don't, you know, I have no desire to sweep the failings of men under the carpet um but it just so happens that the vast majority of my male friends don't exhibit behavior that could be called toxic don't and haven't ever really exhibited behavior that could be could fall into that catch-all toxic masculinity the vast majority of my male friends are stand-up guys decent thoughtful sensitive men vulnerable men honest men men who show that side of themselves and men who have been good husbands and try to be good fathers and good providers um but who have remained faithful to their to their friends to their male friends who have tried to be good family members, who've tried to walk with honesty, who've tried to walk with their own demons and face their own traumas, and many of whom who continue to do so. Some friendships that I've had for a very, very long time. um, And these are men who continue to be of enormous value to me personally, and to be of enormous support and these are friendships that are not built around drinking these are friendships that are not built around objectifying women um these are friendships that are built around human connection they're friendships that are built around mutual regard and respect and these are friendships that are built around male love um and I think they're beautiful I mean I just think they're they're really great people and it's a source of pride to me to know I know those men and I can consider them close I can consider them friends and part of my world and my sort of um you know they're, they're part of my understanding of what men can be and what men are and so to have listened and seen for so long so much stuff about toxic masculinity, and, and don't, don't please don't misunderstand me, it's not that I don't recognise the behaviour that is described as toxic masculinity, it doesn't mean that I haven't been in contact with that, and it doesn't mean that in some ways I may not have, I may not have contributed to that unconsciously or in immature ways in my youth. I mean, I did talk about this quite a lot um, at the start of this year after the, the murder of Ashley Murphy. Um, if you go back to, to January of this year, you'll find the, the episode I did uh, where I think I, I think I called it The Crisis of, of Broken Masculinity. Um, and I mean, part of that crisis is not hearing enough positive messages around masculinity um part of that crisis is not honoring male vulnerability not honoring male trauma and not celebrating the wins um and just giving into lazy stereotypes and giving into lazy thinking um and you know that that's never going to advance us it's never going to help us it's never going to bring us to a richer place it's never going to be edifying if we just kind of go it's easier just to take the given opinion rather than to cultivate my own rather than to engage my own critical brain and you may have to start with yourself and often that's challenging to go well, what do i think what do i feel how do i behave What are my dynamics? Where does this come from? What's shaped me? Why do I believe these things? What am I afraid of? What makes me unstable, insecure? Where are my needs located? Um, Why do I interact with the women in my life this way if it's suboptimal? That's where it starts. It has to start. It starts at home cliche number 178 on the clear out podcast it starts at home lads it starts at home but like i was thinking i mean the, you know the, the the way those the women on the podcasts i listened to were talking um and again i I came away from those podcasts really liking those women and i plan to listen more Um. so when i say those women i'm not denigrating them or othering them but the way they were speaking i was kind of laughing I was laughing because if I was the type of man that they seemed to be depicting in the stereotype that they were referencing, that would mean with my wife and daughter away out of the house for just over a week now, that I'd just be wandering around my own home, like a toddler, or a young child lost in a shopping (laughs) centre.
1: And
0: then the postman arrives.
1: Oh, you know, what's wrong there, little man? Uh, I can't find. What is it, little man? What's wrong? I can't find. No, go on, tell me. What is it? What can't you find? I CAN'T FIND THE WASHING MACHINE! (laughs) Oh no! And I can't find the washing powder! Oh, you poor little devil! Here, can I help you? it's worse! I can't even find the utility room! You're a very dirty looking little man. You you know, you, you look like you're a chimney sweep. I haven't been able to find the bathroom either. And I've run out of socks. All the clothes in the house are dirty. And every time I go to the fridge, there's less food in it. And my bed isn't made. And none of the dishes are clean. And all the presses are empty. I can't find a fork or a knife anywhere. Ah, then I then I realised someone had hidden my socks in a drawer in the bedroom <laughs> but I have managed to watch a lot of football I have managed I have managed to watch a lot of football and drink a lot of tea and I did drink every drop of alcohol in the house but I don't know where it's going to come from. And my wife is on the other side of the world and I don't know her phone number.
0: (laughs) So, it would be a bit like that. It would be a bit like that. And are there still men out there like that? Really? I mean it's not inconceivable I suppose but really are men as utterly useless as that are we really man-child doofuses are we really helpless gobshites really I mean I don't know and when I say I don't know I mean I know they're not um, not the men that I know anyway And even some of the men I know who might veer, they might have one or two feet more on that side of the the camp. Even those lads know where the washing machine is. Do you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, I don't know. I don't know how nuanced that commentary is. (laughs) But it's all I've got. It's all I've got. That's all you're getting. Um, Now, here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting one, okay? Here's an interesting one. Um, I had a student at Holistic Self-Defence last night who was was great. She just came in with this great attitude and a great sort of openness and she's been in the wars lately. She's in her mid-40s and she's recovering from breast cancer um, and she was really interested in the idea of becoming more assertive and she she just said very straight out you know she had a a bit of a conflict in her workplace with a a fellow worker another woman who sort of spoke to her rudely or dismissively and made her feel bad and she just couldn't really handle it and it it made her go off and have a quiet cry Um, and she was like I just can't I can't handle that I, I, I want to be liked I want people to like me now, I instantly liked her the second she walked in the room. She just brought this real nice energy. Um, as I say, open, very kind of engaged, um, and very sort of uh, can-do, willing to try things. And, you know, you just can't ask for it. You can't ask for better than that. Um, and I was doing an exercise with her where she had to stop me approaching her by saying no. That was all she was allowed to use. Just access your no energy. And it's part of trying to embed an idea of putting down boundaries. And she, basically the exercise is she stands on one side of the room and stands still. And I approach her walking in a very straight line with an appropriate energy, nothing too crazy. But you can escalate it and repeat the exercise. So you're finally coming with quite menacing or aggressive energy. And I just walk towards her directly and she has to stop me with no. And we did it and she only stopped me when I was right on top of her. And then her hands went out and she gave me a good strong no and that was good. But she said, she, you know, she wasn't able to do it from distance um, because she just doesn't have that energy in her. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was really interesting And we try tried to kind of give her different things to think about and different ways of thinking about energy and thinking about things you know other ideas like about the body and how to change the quality of energy in the body and not locating it in an emotional narrative or in a confrontational real life narrative but just like okay well imagine your body is full of concrete um or you know imagine me as representing something else like um uh, we we decided to play with the idea of like you know i represent the cancer coming back so something that would you know cause her to have a strong reaction and anyway that's grand I mean you know we had different you know levels of success with different ideas we tried but like overall it was you know it was a really you know really good experience and you know we all kind of appreciated what she was bringing to uh bringing to the the session but um I was thinking later like that idea of I just want to be liked and I want to um the you know the, the phrase people pleaser came out um and the desire to sort of fix things and i mean i could really relate i i have a lot of that in my personality as well and it would it would have been much more pronounced uh, when i was younger and i've become better as i've gotten older at sort of curtailing that impulse to appease um and to please others particularly in areas of conflict or um or stress or bad behavior um and i I you know, and in the area of not getting a response that you want, being able to sort of let it go um because I think what can happen is and this is you know reflecting my own behavior and my own thought patterns and stuff in my marriage as well like i you know th- th- this student last night also talked about being an overthinker and kind of you know fixating on things that you know in that area of conflict, and I certainly can be guilty of that um in terms of what goes on um in my in my marriage and If I'm in bad form with that, I can catastrophize and then everything becomes far worse. And so I'm trying to look now at the moment, like I'm trying to look, well, I need to kind of regulate this a bit more and get, keep a healthier perspective on things and not wig out. Um, But in any case, so so it was interesting to me last night, like the student kind of presented me with a bit of a mirror of myself in, in certain ways, not exactly. And it gave me a lot of food for thought.
1: But then I was was scrolling at home later. I was on Instagram and I follow um, a woman who calls herself the
0: holistic psychologist. I'm pretty sure that's what she calls herself. And she puts up a lot of really good stuff in the area of recovering from trauma, in the area of dysfunctional family dynamics, in the area of unhealthy relationships with ourselves, the the internal life, the interiority that I'm so obsessed with. And she put up, it just so happened, she put up a great one last night, just um, a few uh, Instagram, connected Instagram posts or a post of, you know, seven or eight pages where she was talking about the stereotype of being a good girl. And I read through it and you know it's interesting like in this in this context of the conversation i'm having today about male stereotypes and you know touching on female stereotypes the idea of what we're pushed into and the idea that men are pushed into maybe infantilization by other women uh men maybe push each other towards that in an as in an area of male bonding um and there are other things that we you know we haven't really touched on but maybe you could go towards the area of men pushed into you know being tough being independent not showing weakness not showing softness not showing vulnerability not crying um being um able to fight for themselves to fight their corner being able to kind of butt heads with other alphas um all of that stuff uh is encouraged in very you know heteronormative uh stereotyping gender stereotyping um and women and my wife could definitely relate to this um and it's certainly come up um my wife has been on the sort of the menopausal journey um in recent years and that's in the mix I mean as I remember as a, a young man I would have made a lot of jokes about the menopause thinking I was hilarious you know making jokes about the change of life um and thinking I was mr comedy um there's nothing funny about the menopause at all um. Let me tell you <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm sure you recognize that's a nervous laugh um the menopause is yeah, it's impactful um on one's relationship with one's loved one, and that's me on the outside with no physical change happening in my body, but yeah, you know, my wife's been going through it, and it's um it's a tough it's a tough journey um but This idea of being a good girl, being a good girl, behaving and appeasing um that is a stereotype it's a it's a, it's a it's a model and an iteration of femininity that is laid out for girls from a very young age and this instagram holistic psychologist. You know, she was kind of laying out the the thinking behind it, and basically the thinking behind it is set aside your own emotional needs and set aside your own emotions to keep the peace. So her example, for the sake of illustrating her point, was you know, there's an uncle in the family and the young girl doesn't like the uncle's energy and feels uncomfortable around him and doesn't want to really be around him or be in his presence but the young girl's mother says ah, you know go and give your uncle a hug um and the idea is then that the girl is being told to put aside her own misgivings her own intuitive emotional response to keep the peace and the response for keeping the peace is good girl a good girl. You're a great girl. Well done. A good girl. Um, and then the message over time becomes: if I control my emotions, or if I suppress my emotions, or if I sac- sacrifice my emotions for others, I am a good girl, and that's where my value is located. Um, now, that's a that idea of where is my value located. That's a huge idea in what I'm trying to teach in the holistic self-defense course the idea of you know what are the items of value worth protecting and when that's something external and materialistic that's often quite an easy choice I'm gonna protect that you know highly valuable item I'm gonna protect that brand new phone I just bought I'm gonna protect the contents of my purse I'm going to protect my laptop Um, but then my question to to students um, or participants in the course is well what about yourself you know are you valuing yourself as something that should be protected that should be kept you know are you putting that value on yourself like where is your value located in terms of your own view of yourself rather than putting your value in the into the hands of others approval and that was really that was very much at the crux of what that student I was referring to, what she was kind of struggling with last night. Now we, we we had some joy ultimately with what we were doing, which was great, um, and mutually sort of pleasing. But um yeah, like I just thought that like, you know, that that, that it, it's a very powerful idea. Um and a lot of women are it's cultivated in them, you know, good girl. Um and sort of like don't act out. Um and fall into this, this model of of expected decorum and conduct that is praised as being mature. Um, and then what happens is, and again, this I'm, I'm going back to the, the holistic psychologist, what she was saying. What happens is there's an anger. An anger that builds and builds and builds and builds in women because there's a conflict because they're not being allowed to be themselves society or the family unit or the community or the culture has prescribed something for them and because they want to be good girls and compliant members of you know to this expectation they're suppressing their real feeling their real emotion um and what I've encountered now and read and learned through my wife's experience, the, the menopause, which and I'm going to paraphrase really crudely here. So, you know, don't kill me because this isn't meant to be a menopause episode. But if the menopause in some ways represents an end of a certain iteration of femininity, and it, resent, it, it, it represents the end, of course, of fertility, um and for want of a better word, ripeness that's a very particular term, but like again I'm putting it into a, a narrative of how women feel they're perceived by men and how their desirability is perceived by men. Um suddenly and again I've I've just read a few articles about this, women who've been through the menopause and talk about the sort of purging, venting, releasing um rage of feeling like well I don't have to behave like that anymore because I'm no longer what I was and it's a sort of a, a catch up rage like a lifetime of this conditioning and this good behavior um, and again this can kind of, you know I'm not I am not speaking with any real authority here and i'm not for a millisecond trying to say this is every woman's experience because that's part of the crapness of discourse these days the assumption that one experience represents the experience of all i'm just saying i've read some things that have presented this idea um and the sort of the 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 anger the accompanying anger that comes at that time of life for some women um and that anger can be directed at men um and it's yeah like it's 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 interesting i mean and what does it come back to it comes back to this idea then of us making assumptions about behavior um and us being lazy in our thinking and us being lazy in our characterization of of each other and that's why it's great to actually get to know people properly the people that you're interested in the people that you care about and to be unafraid to get to know the other and for a man there's no closer other than a woman what do you think of that is that a reasonable theory um i had one last question i had one last question which probably would merit an entire episode of its own um and it comes back to this idea of of value and who's of value to whom? And I was thinking about this after the class last night and that girl's experience and what she was sharing in the class. But like, I found myself thinking, are we only of value to the people who know us? Are we only of value to the people who we have in our lives? To the people we're known to? Um especially if you if you if you have this idea about yourself that i only recognize my value and i only recognize my worth as i perceive it in others reactions to me in how other people respond to me and what they say about me and how they talk about me and how they evidently feel about me that's where i get my sense of self-worth now i wouldn't discount that because that's a very important i mean i you heard me rhapsodizing about my friendships earlier so a huge part of your self worth can come from friendships and relationships, and how you are perceived by others, or your understanding, um, or your recognition of how you are valued by others. But if you only locate your worth and value in other people, you're in trouble. You have to find a way to value yourself if you're going, to, if you are going to be well, if you are going to walk through life with confidence and resilience and a sense of. I've got this, I've got resources because I know what I can do and I know what I'm capable of and understanding where your boundaries are. Um, But I did find myself just speculating on that idea. Are you of value to people who don't know you? Um, And I suppose ultimately, I believe, yes, you are. You are because you don't know you don't know i mean I, I mean i mean i'm i am a great believer in the the ripple effect in the knock on effect in the domino effect your actions in the world have a consequence how you behave has a consequence how you conduct yourself has a consequence the ripple effect has a consequence um and it's it's partly i partly believe that because it's connected to my concern with the sort of My concern with the bigger picture, my concern with how we all are in the world, and my awareness that I am in the mix with other people and i'm in I'm in the mix with other people who don't know me and i I represent certain things whether i whether I want to or not, and I care about my footprint uh in life, my footprint in society um now not to not to the extent of peeping out through my window not to the extent of keeping up an appearance that is inauthentic because on another level i would say i don't give a shit what other people think of me that's you know i've no control over that um so is there is there a contradiction in that perhaps there is but what i believe is ultimately yes and this is coming from a, <laughs> this is coming from a guy who's built a huge part a huge part of his identity around words uh in recent years uh, actions speak louder than words um but the action of doing the podcast is an action of of advocacy it's an action of of the demonstration of vulnerability and self-interrogation that i think does contribute something positive to the three listeners of the clear out <laughs> thanks mammy and daddy and granny Um, no no there's 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 legions there's legions of non-listeners among my family and and friendship group Uh, shout out to Bob actually Bob another non-listener Bob broke up with his partner they had a young son together and the relationship ended and they just went for uh mutually agreed 50 50 custody arrangement so it's a week on and a week off with their with their son and i just thought well bob's a great example of a man who stepped up and didn't hide from responsibilities and stepped up in the most competent way and when he found himself struggling when he found man this is tough being a single parent he went to a parent group he went to a parent. Uh, attended like a parent a parenting course to improve his skills and to improve his understanding and to try and become a better father and he was the only man on that course and i'm like bob you're a legend so um i'm gonna actually you know i'm, I'm gonna seek bob out to go listen to the very end of the podcast <laughs> just so you can hear me giving you a shout out um so yeah there's another example of a man Who's not a man child doofus, who's not a helpless gobshite, and who stood up to be a good man and a good father and is walking the walk. So um and that's of value to me, because I like that iteration of masculinity. And if you're a man listening to this podcast and you don't know who Bob is, that's got value to you, I suspect. So there, I've just supported my own theory. You are of value even to people who don't know you. Um, That's the ripple effect. So, boom. Ripple on, my friends. Ripple on. Okay, I'm done. It's been another epic. (laughs) Um, So listen, I usually say, give me a shout out on social media, which some of you do or have done, but not many. But thank you very much to those who have. I also usually spruik for uh, patreon.com. I have at the time of listening, four patrons <laughs> it's going really well i was uh, i was a bit deflated last week i listened to a great episode of the blind boy podcast and he was talking out when he he was talking about how when he started his podcast like 5 years ago how um it really did change his life and gave him an income stream and it's made him independently um uh, like you know it's given him a yeah a sustainable a sustainable kind of cash flow to to live which he hadn't achieved through ten years of uh, being a performer and writer, singer, artist, whatever. Um, and he was kind of saying when he started his podcast, like he said, the podcast just took off, like right from the first week. So he, he said he said, for the first episode had seventy thousand listens, and I was laughing and crying at the same time because that was his first episode. Now he was established at that stage and had a, a following and a great track record, and he's a very talented, interesting guy. But I was laughing at myself because like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, I finally had like 4,000 downloads after a year and a half. And I was going, I'm a legend. (laughs) And I put up my social media post, 4,000 downloads, not too shabby. Um, And then I was like, oh my God, this is hard. It's hard. It's hard to get a purchase. It's hard to get a foothold. It's hard to establish this thing. But i have faith in it and i like what i'm doing and i know from some of you who have been so kind to give me feedback you like what i'm doing here too so yes if you want you can find me the links will be there you can find the social media stuff in the description but here's a new thing okay that i haven't thought of before you can give me a review wherever you're listening particularly on something like apple podcasts there's a way to just go yeah five stars this guy is brilliant love what he does love his work please think about that consider giving me a review uh, on an appropriate platform wherever you're listening and do also consider becoming a patron um, because that is what a lot of independent podcasters consider the best workable model of sustainability and as, as blind boy puts it it's fairness it's just an issue of fairness the podcaster produces something of value of worth they work on it they spend time they invest and if you're enjoying it um you're only being asked for a very small um way of acknowledging that if if that's available to you and it might not be and that's absolutely 100 percent cool but if it is and you think you know what yeah if i was gonna i wouldn't take a book from a bookshop and not pay um i wouldn't take a a cd if you're still a cd person i would not take a cd from a music shop and not pay i wouldn't go to that cool hipster vinyl place and get a get a vinyl a record an lp and not pay um and that's part of my my well my wellness my wellness structure my wellness infrastructure buying my music my books my entertainment podcasts are in that territory too and podcasts i mean i you know free podcasts that's the way to go make it available I think there's a a sort of a a nobility an artistic nobility and decency in that and this is a creative product and if you want to become a patron I'd love that I'd love to have you on board and I'm very grateful to the I think it's four might be five the four or five patrons I have you are brilliant and thank you so much for investing in me in this I do appreciate it and It does make a difference. It symbolizes something really positive. Okay, boom. There you go. I'm out, mic drop. I'm actually not going to drop this mic because it's worth a bit of money. I will see you next time. Have a beautiful week. Stay safe. Stay dry. Don't get blown off the face of the earth. And think kindly about others. And don't, 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 just don't indulge that stereotypical nonsense don't indulge that man child doofus crap that helpless gobshite rubbish don't do it we're better than that and so are you okay take care talk to you soon all the best bye